A quick Q&A here, just a couple questions. Ivory Black asks, how does one get over the fear and vulnerability that comes with sharing one's personal art, or fear of being judged too harshly when it's not good enough? Thank you for the question, Ivory. This is a very good question that I think a lot of people struggle with. The quick answer is, uh, nobody cares. It's very, very rare to get judged harshly, really. Uh, I know that may sound flippant, but it's true. If you could make people care about your work enough to even judge it harshly, that would probably be a good sign. That means that someone thinks it has the possibility of having some sort of draw or power, and it's good enough that out of jealousy they feel the need to tamp it down. Now, that's quite a difficult level to reach, actually. Instead, people will just forget and move on from stuff that they don't think is good enough. I really think people are so oversaturated with images these days that they have very little energy to spend disliking work they don't like. They just pass over it and expend energy liking stuff they like. Occasionally, you'll find someone who seems quite focused on voicing criticism. And honestly, in the context of stuff like social media, which is a big share, which are big sharing platforms, that's just temperamentally them, you know, they don't at all represent the vast majority of the audience. And you've just kind of got to shrug it off. They may have valid criticisms, but it takes a particular personality type to want to like commit criticism to the internet forever in places where it wasn't asked for. Just know that that's a self-selecting set and that you don't have to react to that like that's everybody's secret opinion. It's not. It's just that kind of person really loves voice and criticism. No big deal. Besides that quick answer, there's other deeper things to think about as well. For example, if when you say personal work, you actually mean stuff that has meaning to you personally and not just stuff that isn't for clients, then it kind of doesn't require the approval of others at all. It's utterly irrelevant what any hypothetical judges would say about your personal work. If it's truly personal, it will automatically be untouchable by even the most vociferous criticism because the audience does not know anything about you. They can't. So they can make no valid direct judgment of the personal side of your work. They can make valid critiques of your technique, of course, but if it's really a personal work, the technique is not at all the most important part of the piece. Now, I'm not advocating for being a prickly, totally aloof artist who looks down his nose at his audience or anything like that. That's the wrong interpretation of my meaning here. These truths are for achieving balance. They're for remembering when you get caught up on the ride. They're for when that harsh criticism does come in so you can take it in, carry it lightly, and then drop any parts of it that aren't helpful without the slightest effort, you know? So, yeah, be steady in your resolve. Don't worry about it too much. It's actually very rare to get people to care enough to elicit harsh judgment. Um, and you get over that hesitation by just sharing it, you know? It only takes a few times sharing the most personal stuff you can manage and getting a positive reaction for you to kind of leave all those worries behind. Thanks again for the question. Next question. Eric Tran asks, do you ever struggle with going from a sketch to a final painting? How do you overcome that middle area where it sometimes feels like you're messing it all up? 
That happens to me so often that I usually just restart the image over and over again. Thank you for the question, Eric. This is one of my favorite topics. Uh, I've struggled with this for a long time, and I still do. If you want to avoid the philosophy of it, you just sit there and draw through the middle area until you come out on the other side. That's all it comes down to. But now I'm going to go into the long answer because uh, I think it's interesting. Ha I think it's interesting like how to do that. So I always start by noticing the long string of thoughts that constitute that feeling. I don't ask myself, why do I want to quit and restart? I just look at everything that lets me know that I want to quit and start over. It's usually a long sequence of thoughts, right? It actually doesn't matter what the thoughts themselves are. It's just, a con it's just important to note that it's a connected series of them. So it's stuff like, oh, it would go faster if I started over. Uh, this was a bad idea from the start. I really need to start with a better idea. I didn't plan well enough. Uh, I'll just try again and get that part right and on and on and on, all that. So any example of those kinds of thoughts. And then there's also usually some boredom present in the mind, just some downward pressing like torpor is present in my mind that makes me kind of sleepy. Um, and there's also some tickly hot areas somewhere on my back and neck and they make me uncomfortable and they're just there to make me wanna go somewhere else in the house instead of drawing. Now, there's often a lot more than that, but let's just say in this case that it's those three things. Uh, it's the thoughts, the boredom, and the itchy back. So I look at all of those things and I hold all three of them consciously in my mind and I feel them all. And I do this even while I'm drawing. And I ask myself, am I more free if I believe all of this is real and represents me? And so I do need to react and go give up on my drawing or go to another room? Or am I more free if I can ignore these things and be a person who feels the freedom to finish the things they want to finish? Okay, that, I use the word freedom there a lot, but for, obviously the latter is the way that I wanna go. It's clear when I frame it that way that I don't want to shackle myself Right? I don't want to imprison myself to just be controlled by these feelings. Right, It's actually, I'm more free, more liberated if I just don't react to them, if I just stay there and do the thing that I wanted to do anyway. We tend to have a backwards view of it where we're like, oh, I'm, I'd be more free if I, if I didn't feel committed, if I could just get up, if I'm free to stop this and go leave and play video games or do a book or something like that. I think it's actually the reverse a lot of the times. I think it's nuanced, but I do think that the reverse is actually the, the, the truth a lot of the times. Even just asking it, that's usually enough. You know, that keeps me in my seat. Now, it doesn't mean it stops being hard, right? It doesn't mean the feelings go away, and it certainly doesn't mean the drawing will come out great, but usually it's enough to just get me through that day. And most of the time, when I come back and sit the next day, I feel very different. Our mood has very little to do with how a drawing comes out. It just has, it just has a lot to do with whether we show up to our drawing table and whether we stay there, but it has very little to do with how it actually comes out. You have to notice that and be honest about that fact that good mood days can produce mediocre drawings and depressed days can produce fa favorite drawings. You don't want to make the unwise conclusion from that 
that the mad artist trope is true and your sadness enhances your creativity or whatever. That is an old nonsense myth. Any artist who has gotten over some of their sadness can tell you that, you know, it makes things better and you make more work, better work. The wise conclusion is much more interesting and amazing. The wise conclusion is that your mood doesn't determine the quality of your work. Sucks for you. That means that you should be excitedly scrambling to your drawing table on even your most pained, depressed days because God only knows you might make one of the best drawings you've ever done by accident. And it means that you shouldn't be baffled when all of the stars seem aligned on your best day with your favorite coffee, with an open schedule and a great podcast playing, and you make the most mediocre drawing you've ever made. Everything is always on the table with drawing. Anything can happen anytime. Worst drawing ever, masterpiece. It's always on the table. You never know what's going to happen. So have fun with it. Enjoy exploring that open space of possibility. Thanks again for the question, Eric. Uh, and if anyone has any questions after hearing this, leave them in the comments, and I will return to this comment section for the next Q&A. Thanks, all.